0: where uh or i guess we can't really quite get over how good 2021 was for we're movies, right? <laughs> we're still stuck in 2021. I cannot get over man. how good 2021 is. Well, i'm i'm I, it's my fault. I'm catching up. to where <laughs> well, you were yeah. I'm the one going to movies every week ago. and somebody has a baby. Yeah. I'm still the sicko in nightmare alley in in every <laughs> color it gets shown in.
2: It's yeah. It's on me. I'm Charlie. <laughs> I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. I finally saw one of the great movies of 2021, Nightmare Alley. I feel like we've
0: said one of the great movies of 2021 <laughs> about like 15 to 20 different movies. It's starting to feel not fair. I don't think... I think we're kind of harsh judges, too. Hmm. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I am could be pretty quick to call out a movie's flaws. And yet 2021 is a movie with a pretty deep top 20 Yeah, for me. It's... Uh, everything's been good so far. And Nightmare right Alley here. is this... Incredible story that I saw of, of all times at Christmas. Yeah, a what a nice Christmas family Christmas flick. movie. Yeah. My family always goes to movies on Christmas, and I thank God I saw this movie like a couple days before, not with my family. Oh yeah, because this would have bummed the room out. <laughs> this would have this would have cold cooled down Christmas Eve. But a quiet Christmas dinner yeah, after. Uh, my folks back would from not Nightmare have Alley. responded well to the de- depravity in Nightmare Alley. Yeah. This is a a, this is a warning sign of a title for this movie, man. As as
2: someone who's seen ninety percent of the Guillermo del Toro movies, this movie surprised me. Yes, every step of the way. Yeah, Uh, I loved it. Same. Yeah,
0: I I I love this movie. This is I was actually
2: surprised by how much I loved it
0: because I like Guillermo del Toro. I'm with you, man. I like Guillermo del Toro too, but I'm not, you know. I don't want to see Pacific Rim. Like maybe it's <laughs> yeah. good, but like Crimson Peak has these things it's where it's good. like this is beautiful, but like I am not following this thing. Some, some part of that is my relationship with the supernatural stories. Mm-hmm. I don't connect to the ghost stories as well as other kinds of horror. And he does a lot of supernatural. I was, and this was not. I was just thinking today
2: cuz I I watched this movie a week ago, rewatched it last night, and yeah. then today I was like there's no actual supernatural shit in this movie. This might be the first
0: yeah, for yeah, Del yeah. Toro. Yeah. What's great is going into this movie for the first time, you're expecting it to be supernatural, and so when Bradley Cooper starts developing his mentalist act, you don't totally know if this is a movie about a guy with like powers. Right. You know, cuz it's Guillermo del Toro, right? Not everything is as it seems. So the surprise of it being like a straight movie Mm-hmm. About one man's unfortunate arc is this like revelation of like, oh, this is great. This is the most I've loved. Uh, oh, yeah, Del Toro. I, I this, think like, for decade. me, honestly, easily the most
2: I've loved Del Toro. Yeah. It's got for me the best acting he's been able to get out of actors. Yeah, uh, I've always loved his production design and, and the look of his movies, this, but this was just beyond anything else. This combines to all of
0: the best stuff that he has done, yeah. all of the best acting. The cast is incredible. I mean, there's a lot of people with just two, three scene roles, and everybody gets these great moments. Like, I can see why people were flocking to sign up yeah. to this thing, right? He's got some heavy hitters in this movie. <laughs> this I is mean, a huge
2: cast for for uh, you know a Hollywood movie in 2021. He's got your Bradley Cooper's,
0: yeah, William William Defoe, Ron Dafoe. Per- Ron. He got Perlman. He got Del Toro. Got, got Perlman got for another one. Yeah, he got Perlman. <laughs> You got or Jenkins no. for another no. role. Yeah. David Straithairn is a favorite yeah. of mine. Local San Francisco guy, like an actor, right? It's great to get. Everybody gets to be a character. Some very yeah. sad characters. Richard Jenkins, Mary Steenburgen, like Oh, I know. Sad. When she showed up,
2: I was like, really? We even yeah. got Steenburgen. Mary
0: Steenburgen like the cutest <laughs> woman, right? Go listen to our Time After Time podcast. Yeah, and just definitely. see us just like swoon over Mary Steenberg and she's so great and this is such a like everybody in this movie just gets a scene where they show you what they are as an actor mm. this is a actor's movie
2: yeah so many great scenes where you, people are just it felt like that black box theater of just like stripping it down and just seeing real emotion this is a raw
0: movie yeah this is raw, raw man that's what I'm thinking these yeah. these uh, exchanges felt visceral in a lot mm. of ways for me, man. seeing in the theater. This is an incredible theater movie. Not only does yeah. this... You talk I'm about sure the set was. design, the production design, the costuming. Like, this puts you there in a... Sh- I would not have existed outside of the window that I was born into. <laughs> All of these movies that I love, I'm, I'm just like, well, if I was born in 1940, I'd oh, be yeah. dead. Like, I would have been dead by the 50s. The 30s don't look great. <laughs> these... these Everything looks awful. Yeah. And he makes it look incredible, this awful, right? Carnies scare me, man. <laughs> this is a lifestyle and a personal choice that I do not trust. All
2: I knew about this movie was that there was a carnival involved. Yeah. And that's only part of the story, which I love. But, yeah, when we are first introduced to this carnival outside the bus where he mm-hmm. falls, Bradley Cooper, dra- We, I mean, we open with him. What a Just, shot. We open with like a Days of Heaven oh, it's, kind of shot. Exactly, but it's like post-apocalyptic kind of Days Man. of Heaven. He's dragging a body across the floor. He lights the house on fire and walks away, gets on a bus. It's, what, it's Immediately
0: like, noir, though. Oh, yeah. Like so that shot through the like Dust Bowl field of that old house, like that Grapes of Wrath kind of house, Days of Heaven, but with yeah. the like crazy burning flames of the- Oh, God, what a right. shot. And this movie has some just amazing scenery. Carnivals always look good on film. They're the best. Carnivals at night, incredible. It feels
2: like del Toro's been waiting his whole career to do this movie because he puts so much into every frame.
0: But to make it like the realist Carnival movie, Mm -hmm. you know, not Supernatural. I thought it was going to be, you know, like the Supernatural Gang of Freaks Right. Kind of Nightmare Alley kind of thing. I thought it was going to lean way more into the, like, the culture of the fun house or something. I knew right. nothing about this flick. Like a ghost carnival or something. Yeah, <laughs> right. From hell. The way it made it so much more of a humanizing story and a dehumanizing story, it hit me with more of an emotional punch than like mm-hmm. any other Del Toro stuff. I really connected oh, yeah. with this. I totally agree. Yeah, that's
2: the this thing. This was I, a deep story. I feel like with me and Del Toro, I love the creatures and the designs, and but I, I just there's always a distance between the me world, and the characters. The and,
0: world and the fantasy and all the the characters he created for Hellboy Two, right, are right. amazing. Hellboy Two is a great fantasy movie that, of course, doesn't seem anywhere near as seen as the first Hellboy. Sure, that's. He has plenty of achievements. He's got his fans. though. So, yeah. Mimic Kronos. like these are important cool movies. Yeah, But they don't I don't always connect with all of his stuff, but I always like his ideas. I like what he goes
2: for. Yeah, and I almost feel like I I, I before this movie I've liked his more kind
0: of action oriented. Okay. Hellboy Blade 2. I mean Shape of Water was a nice touching story that about you know uh in inter- a <laughs> inter- interspecies sex. It was uh
2: it's a great story <laughs> if you
0: if you want to be introduced to
2: a character through her masturbation egg timer routine <laughs> in the there opening There were some credits. very
0: tender performances in that. But movie. in the and first six... totally different beautiful Richard yeah, Jenkins yeah, yeah. performance oh, yeah, yeah. than the broken evil, evil performance yeah. that he gives in this movie. I think this was just this perfect storm of a great story for del toro specifically to adapt yeah like this is a great complimentary story for what he's good at this is right up his nightmare and some incredible choices for acting and a willingness of actors to fill small but important roles and this is a great ensemble piece Yeah, yeah it's a story of one man's arc but a perfect ensemble piece one that really holds up multiple times There's new scenes. Mm -hmm. You notice the costuming is incredible. There's so many background characters. It really sets so much
2: going on. Yeah, especially in this opening hour of him at the carnival. Yeah, there's so many scenes where with 50 extras (laughs) watching a show, and every extra has been given a specific direction of how to react to a a sideshow. It's so animated entertainment. Every character is like whoa or grasping the person next to them and. (laughs) there's <laughs> I, I watched the movie uh online with the headphones yesterday hearing that surround sound oh my god you can right? hear every 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 extra has a line let me tell you man oh e- e- my the god chicken! right get
0: my head off let me tell you <laughs> something man watching that movie in the dead of winter at Christmas time right <laughs> yeah. and I was down close it was loud as hell I have never been more shaken in the last month of seeing that movie than in the first geek scene, and during six minutes, you in, are in the middle of some of these scenes, and yeah, you are in this world, yeah, and you are there. This movie has so many people doing so many things at the same time. You get put into this like trance, yeah, man. This it, movie can put you in the middle of a scene. I, I think I was put under that trance, yeah,
2: because I was just like, I'm. I can feel the straw, right? Like you can smell
0: Yeah, man. The carnival. This this movie just it was so evocative of every just dirty part of this. Yeah. And this movie has like the definitive movie that'll get you to cross Geeking off your oh list of like potential careers. Now I'd heard of geeking.
2: Have you you, you heard of this before? Like, I've heard... Sure, you know, there's, like,
0: geek exploitation movies. I was not prepared. There's... You always heard, like, Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off a bat. Sure. You know, you heard uh, Alice Cooper doing fake stunts. Yeah. There's these sicko movies, like Luther the Geek, you know, like, vinegar syndrome (laughs) kind of stuff. Yeah, man. So it's been talked about. Yeah, we've all... But Thought Nightmare about Alley <laughs> approaches it as such a sad, cruel, real thing.
2: It could, it could have been called 12 Years a Geek. Yeah, man. you Because it was.
1: This, this they don't was treat this such geek a very nicely. it's such a
0: strong, emotionally effective performance that you easily could have made a, a whole movie about making a man a geek. I mean, And have it be one of the most kind of, awful, <laughs> effective thing. He did it kind of for did. 50, <laughs> kind <of> 60 <laughs> minutes, but oh my gosh. Like that is some of the most dehumanizing, tough, difficult yeah. stuff. If, when, you,
2: if you don't know what a geek is, I'll just say it's a carnival attraction back then where a guy would bite the head off a chicken yeah, and other it was, animals. It was
0: like a real show. Like it would be a 15 minute thing where the... You know, drink the blood of different animals yeah. and really build to it. You know, the, really chase it around. It's,
2: and a, it's a real man. The head biting was the animal uh, kind of a thing. You know,
0: the the big firework finale, right? Yeah. With a bunch of yeah. God, but just the vision of a bunch of people paying fifty cents to look look down on another person, right? Yeah, it's just a sick, depraved. Well, thing, this,
2: right. What's so great is that this movie has so many moments of Willem Dafoe as the Carney Yeah. Explaining geeking and explaining the carnival and just how people will pay money to feel better about themselves and yeah. look down on others and there's such a jaded, like harsh viewpoint of the world in this movie.
0: Yeah, there's that a. Was really shocked me. This really felt like it had a lot of attitudes of like that rebel era cinema from like the late 60s, early 70s, where you can really show kind of a depraved underbelly of america mm-hmm. for the first time like postcode kind of thing right like a movie like uh, they shoot horses mm-hmm. don't they where these people are don't just they? like yeah. uh you know poor people are putting on shows for rich people you know by dancing themselves to death right <laughs> like just being worked by like animals right just for the amusement and god it's a bat. like like i said man i I have been picked up in a van, and who knows, would have been indoctrinated <laughs> in a cult without knowing it. i this have been felt Shanghai'd. like the fucking Wild West in 1941. It's for all I knew, amazing to think that that was an actual thing. Yeah, like, man, that was within this, my my grandfather was in his 20s in these years. This That's is not too a, recent. This geek is not a guy
2: that just like pretends to drink animal blood. It's yeah. like a guy that they've drugged and they beat and they keep in a cage. Yeah, and they bring him out for shows. They treat a
0: man. It's like one of those movies like A it's Man Called Horse, man, where if you treat illegal. a man enough like an animal, yeah. what, what will he do you know, to survive, right? Oh, God. I'm, it's kind of good that not the movie. whole <laughs> part of the movie focuses that's on that. That's the first thing. It would have been though. tough, but that's yeah. the story we're involved in. And, and let me tell you, when you're talking about the sound editing in this movie, the when Bradley Cooper walks away from his burning mm-hmm. former lifestyle in Kansas or who knows where. Right. Runs away to the carnival. God, I couldn't imagine running away to the carnival. (laughs) I can't imagine trusting anybody that ran off to the carnival. That sounds like a a real nightmare alley, man. Sounds like a (laughs) total. Good God. You make a choice. Nothing about carnies has ever made me go, I want a piece of this. You know, I, I worked one
2: summer at the fairgrounds. Yeah. During the fair. Local carny. Okay. Uh, Local county carnies. Yeah. And they usually had like RVs behind the rides and stuff. Yeah. But there would guys, I, I, would, I would go in in the morning and clean up. There was guys that would sleep under their rides. There you go. This is 1998. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. So, man, 1939, so, 1939 carnies 39? hit different, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez.
0: But by that point, 1939, we're like seven years post-freaks. Sure. Todd Browning's freaks like were already a thing in 1932, right? Probably a golden age for carnies. Yeah, this <laughs> is a carnies heaven, man. <laughs> carnies are still making a living going town to town, peddling freaks uh, and yeah.
2: carousels. You have the uh,
0: flexible guy. You've got God, the, the so little person. I'm so happy that I grew up like with a Super Nintendo instead of like, well, we're going to the local <laughs> field to see freaks. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Exactly. Like, Is that what they did? God,
2: I think so, man. I, Small I mean, town living sounds terrible. If you're working in the mines, yeah. fourteen hours a day. I guess you got to take it out on you. A geek.
0: Like picked prunes for seventy hours, <laughs> and you're like now we're gonna go look at a bearded thing. Good <laughs> God, 1939 sounds a woman who's a giant yeah. spider. 1939 sounds <laughs> awful. It sounds like I'm just ready to be exploited. I just feel Good like it's God. such a
2: like a uh, like. All right, you've got yeah, you've got the. uh flexible guy you've got the midget the little person the electricity got woman electricity woman it's like yeah. they were really just throwing stuff at the wall i love the to see idea what of just stick. inventing new freaks yeah ron we Perl- gotta come up with I'll, good stuff i
0: love a good aging strong man <laughs> yeah ron perlman is like the 70 year old my knees are shit <laughs> strong man that's good yeah. just that's holding good. up balloons
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: right. You know, I mean, I'm a wrestling fan. Of course, I'm familiar oh, course. with the Carney lifestyle. Sure. I know oh, the my cons. God. Andre the Giant,
2: 50 years earlier, would have been oh, Ron yeah. Perlman.
0: in a different, right, in a different lifestyle, his yeah. career would have been totally different, right? Different era, different career. And, this movie kind of makes captures. me think professional wrestling is the new. <laughs> I mean, Sci-show. professional wrestling is Carneys. That's it, uh, operates yeah. like the circuses do it, t- tours town to town, year round. Yep. It's not seasonal, it's Carnies, man. It's just a forward moving thing, That's like great. a shark. It's the same business, it's but just it's the same uh, different clientele. You watch
2: the Seventh Seal, and it's or uh, yeah, the Seventh Seal, and it's the, the circus performers, the merry makers traveling around medieval yeah, times. This stuff has been going on since yeah, the dawn like, of civilization.
0: Zampano, you know? Yeah. This is all oh, yeah. like La Strada. This is the traveling circus is a thing. You get the sleazier versions because they're trying to sell a different thing. Everybody's trying to fill a market. The it, entertainment spectrum was different then. Oh, yeah. The options were less. This is pre-television. If freaks come to the edge of town, <laughs> a lot of people in town are going to want to see freaks. Yeah. That's how thirty nine was, baby. Well again, it's
2: a quarter. (laughs) We're coming out of the
0: depression. People are willing to like throw their dignity away, right? It's not a cool time. And the war's coming. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: It's shit city, man. It's the worst era, and we I'm see so it the most on film, man. Yeah. I'm so it's, glad we're not
2: in the pre-war, World War era right yeah, now.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're living on the easy <laughs> street, right, man? But Oh, my God. The
2: one thing I learned from this movie, Hitler invaded Poland two years before we got into shit. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah, let that right? stuff happen
0: in Europe two for two years. years before we did anything. People in Nightmare Alley don't know what kind of problems are <laughs> on the horizon. You think it's bad for oh, bums now, man. Woof. Let me tell
2: you, I love that about this movie. Yeah. I love how every reveal is like, oh, this is much worse than you thought yeah, it man. was gonna be. It's pretty unfair. Oh, this is darker than you thought it was gonna be. Yeah. Every
0: reveal. So cool. Yeah, man. It does I not it. it does not feel the need to offer any kind of sun. Like it lets you yeah. know like that not everybody's gonna be trusted and, and greed can make people do a lot of things. And I like there's no supernatural things to it. And right. that makes it so much more of a powerful mindfuck movie, because you—it's like you sense a supernatural thing, but it's all just human manipulation. Mm-hmm. And this story of a man who learns human manipulation and could prosper comfortably for it, but gets greedy and yep, and falls. And you know, who's warned his whole career that. This is a bad route and just keeps running through those red lights. Yeah. Until it, you know, it's a powerful story. And let me tell you, of all these recent two and a half hour movies, this is one of the most engrossing two and a half hours. This did not feel like a two and a half hour I kept thinking, they're rushing this.
2: Yes. Slow down. Yeah. I wanted more. I wanted the three I wanted hour to be cut. in this
0: yeah. I wanted to be even more in this awful, <laughs> awful backstabbing we, scene. We do get to spend it's an hour
2: scene. An hour in the carnival where Bradley Cooper goes from making a dollar overnight for hauling you know, tents around yeah. to becoming the, the mentalist. And then we get an hour the, of the him. rise
0: of Bradley Cooper as kind of being yeah. kind of taken under the wing by the nicer carnies, right? Being led into this private lifestyle where we don't question your past. Yeah. You know, we're all nice. here for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Kind of community, right? You're not yeah, you're not
2: a great like upstanding citizen if you're yeah, also man. joining the carny at midnight. Yeah, if you're running away, if you're following a, a guy dollar. from
0: like a bus station and to, <laughs> sneaking into the carny and kind of acting like you belong, but but this movie some performances, man. Some of the roles we get through, it, I am so shocked that this wasn't like a supporting actor Oscar for Defoe. Oh, yeah. He is such a shining star, man, in every scene. When he's paying Cooper his first wages and he pays him 50 cents because, you because know, he caught him, he clocked him sneaking the geek show. That's right, yeah. Also, the way they handle the geek material in this movie is... You hear about Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off of a bat, or Alice Cooper doing the stunts, and you mm-hmm. hear, you think about it. When you actually think how thick the neck of a Ugh. chicken must be to bite through with your human teeth,
2: yeah, which can <laughs> which can be
0: chipped by eating like you know cereal, <laughs> like Toro Del Toro fucking shows it. Del Toro it goes away. Del Toro goes R in it's this movie and he is not gone bold. it feels like he's not gone r in uh you know a lot of the 2010 yeah. stuff was pg13 and this was del toro like going shot like you said you were surprised i was surprised and yeah. i was also
2: especially surprised. yeah cuz that yeah you see a chicken get its head bit off
1: 6
0: minutes into the movie yes like and when i didn't know yet the tone of this movie i was in the theater legitimately scared during the funhouse scene, oh yeah, when the the geek escapes on a rainy night, and they yeah. say like Bradley Cooper, tell him yeah, run into the funhouse, push him out the other side, and it's such a like De Niro telling, uh, tell yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. just down there, the no, coach is the down, down there, yeah yeah, tell him Lorraine, Lorraine Bracco to just go down that way I and keep going. That scene, it's <laughs> the most confusing, scary scene it is to do. Yeah, 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 just a little further. I have no idea yeah. what was going to happen in that scene, but you know it is the worst, you right? You don't need those coats. And just, I was sitting there. I thought I was going into another us situation, man. When I was like yeah. petrified in the Roxy watching us on opening night. When Bradley Cooper goes into the funhouse. What a... A funhouse. What a set. fucking weird funhouse, man! <laughs> what a set, man! The whole funhouse
2: is like, be judged for your yeah, sins. It's like, yeah,
0: <laughs> look thee in the mirror, <laughs> sinner. Jesus, <laughs> repent. Yeah, and it's man. It's got
2: all the eyeballs and
0: the giant. It was drawn Satan to Satan head. It was drawn to a specific crowd, man. It was yeah. pe- appealing to hedonism. Yeah, they yeah. knew the people. This was the fair that was specifically drawn. The Hedons, I do like later you know, right?
2: when you see the guy in front of that funhouse charming people to get in there. Yeah. And he's literally facing a bumper car <laughs> display. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They really packed that stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, man. It's, it... But yeah, no, I think that's the first time you hear Bradley Cooper talk is when he says uh,
0: something to the geek in the oh, funhouse. Yeah, house, I mean, he, that's 10, 15 minutes. He in goes a without talking for, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. He kind of just uh, kind of wordlessly comes on the crew. Yeah. And uh, follows people around for a while. Maybe grunts a couple times. I don't know. But it's Brad- Bradley uh, yeah. Cooper has quietly. How many Oscar nominations you think Bradley Cooper has? Off off a guess. Oh, uh, it's three? nine. Oh. It's nine. I was gonna say three. Bradley Cooper somehow has nine. He has quietly amassed wow. nine <laughs> Oscar nominations in like the last eight years. Man, well, this guy is suddenly like the Hollywood guy. This that's is true. like, yeah. this guy seems like adjusted Tom Cruise at this point. It's It seems, well, that's what so crazy. This guy feels like, like he has quietly amassed a lot of Hollywood collateral and capital.
2: For him to be so big and then to also be like, yes, Guillermo del Toro, I'll star in your movie about the worst man who's ever lived. <laughs> yes. I'll right? do that. You know, this that's had to be like, this that's, was like a, a Leonardo
0: DiCaprio kind of thing. You know, you think of the other guys that were, like, offered this project. And this is, I think, the Bradley... 2021, man. I know. Between John Peters in Licorice Pizza and this... Well, role, he's man. he's another guy, kind of like how I said that about
2: Del Toro. Like, I like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah, I've never loved Bradley Cooper. He was funny in uh, Wet Hot American yeah, man. Summer, and
0: let me tell you how many times I'm going to watch American Sniper, buddy. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's to me. It was always like,
2: yeah, I don't want to see American Sniper. Hey, I don't want to see, but A
0: Star Is Born. It was great.
1: Mm-hmm. he was I great and that was that, like
0: the I've... passion project right he wrote that he produced yep. that he fi- partially financed that like that was his project and i gotta if there's gonna be a john Cassavetti's kind of guy like like that kind of mentality yeah. where you fund produce direct write, start like i can't i gotta respect that whether it's uh champagne and bullets
1: <laughs> or
0: whether it's a star is born right and so a guy with Who's now built up the nine Oscar nominations. That's crazy. That's nuts, right? That's too many. That's huge. He hasn't won any? I don't think he has. No. Because he's getting them for acting. He's getting them for writing, producing. Sure. He's getting Best Picture nominations. You know, this guy is in nothing but big movies. Yet he kind of quietly still seems like, because he's not in the bullshit, like, every two a year netflix movies well yeah like every other big movie star you never see him in the news right like yeah bradley cooper has quietly been like oh is this guy the actual biggest star (laughs) in hollywood like actually good at this but this performance i think was i think this is it this is the i think this character is i was amazed
2: yeah like this was a role he's a mysterious man he's a A guy that's just bubbling with rage underneath. A lost guy, you
0: know. This is one of those angry, young, mysterious guys who runs away from a life that people with no options are the only people that run this way. But yeah, Stanton Carlisle. It's a good name, Mm, and uh, and that's a good uh, mysterious, dark past man. And the way the movie flashes and gives us these glimpses of his past while showing us acclimating in. Giving him paths that he can take Mm. and watching him, like you said, for a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. I wish we could focus on more of these little months we missed of his life. You know, we do a two-year jump at one point. Like, I love this this arc. I was fascinated with the story. It kind of got dumped on. This movie was a flop, sad Mm. to say. It it bombed. It was an expensive movie, and it showed. It looked incredible. It was picturesque in so many ways.
2: It came out right when...
0: A Christmas. Everything movie was again. going
2: bad, you know, yeah. like during the pandemic. It's it's so weird how it's it's
0: bad timing for everything.
2: Yeah, and uh, and also not a likable. Like it's again, kind of like a I was a saying movie about christmas pizza. It's like, in so many how do you ways. sell this movie to a, a movie going audience because it's just downer after downer.
0: But so good, so yeah. good that Martin Scorsese wrote like an open letter pleading with people to like see this wow. movie. This is a tough movie, but. Uh, you know, maybe a tough movie to get into, slow at times, but mm. I think so engaging and so realistic about the exploitative world that it is. You know, it could have been Carnival. Carnival was great. Carnival sure. was a cool show, right? That was a cool show on HBO. This could have easily been Guillermo del Toro's Carnival, with a not Hellboy fantasy world, but a not really a world that existed of freaks. Mm-hmm. This felt honest. In some ways, too honest. (laughs) This portrayal of not just Stanton Carlyle and his temptations and his decisions to abuse a skill that he learns. Mm -hmm. Is Del Toro keeping a story grounded in reality, but adding these kind of almost mythical elements? Learning a craft from a handwritten book where David straight hair in a drunken kind of coma tells him, there's powers in that book, you know. <laughs> it, it's this it can like be it's, misused. it's not a fantasy book, but it has all the same like don't abuse the force yeah, kind yeah. of things that all fantasy stories have. But it's grounded in this too vivid
2: realism. It's this a, unflattering realism. Well, it's also people who, yeah, who pretend to be mystical, then buying into their own bullshit. That kind of idea yes. of when you think you actually do have the power. When and you can manipulate things that
0: are when when I keep saying that all of these great actors, in this movie keep getting these different moments to shine. You you get what could be kind of corny huckster speak with David Strayard saying, "Don't abuse the words," and all the book looks like is like a drawing of like a hand crossed <laughs> like over another hand. Well, the whole yeah, the whole you know? power
2: of the mentalism is. When she says this word, it means yeah. wristwatch. it's learning a bunch of, it's this great,
0: yeah well, it's this it's just a code it's this huge packed little like field notes guide of like yeah. cues to memorize, tells to memorize, learning to cold read a person these ways you can just if you want to use these things to manipulate someone for your own benefit, mm-hmm. learn to read people without them telling you anything and Which can be dangerous if somebody uses it to, you know, get their own way to a bad extent. And David Straithairn gets this scene about getting like shut eyed when you believe your own bullshit, when you get so deep into your powers of controlling and predicting and acting like a psychic that you start buying into that you can actually control the universe, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like you, you could con yourself. You can work exactly. yourself, right? And this whole movie I is mean, like what level you're willing to work yourself. I feel like
2: whenever you see like a celebrity like Kanye West go insane, it's like they bought into their own shit. They, they work themselves hard.
0: into a shoot, right? Yeah. And this is all people in this movie, some sad portrayals of people working themselves uh. into situations where they want to believe, right? This movie is all about playing to what people want to believe, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the best way to manipulate people, and it's all too effective. With the with the acting, in this movie and the humanity brought to what could have been Eli Roth gross out shit. Right? Yeah. Can you imagine an Eli Roth geek movie? <laughs> like it could happen. We could get it if this movie had been a oh, success. That would just be we would have got the a
2: geek working.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. But the way they showed. Uh, You talk about powerful two-minute scenes. When 40, 45 minutes into this thing, still early, when we've already been put through the shit in a (laughs) lot of ways. Mm -hmm. When Bradley Cooper flat out asks like Willem Dafoe how they get a geek, that is, for a movie that breezes by at two and a half hours, Willem Dafoe talking straight through describing how to train a geek is Mm. a long two minutes man while he's shaking some pepper on his steak and eggs right while he's just out right after
2: having they, a nice hot meal right after they basically dropped the geek at a hospital because his wounds got infected sitting in a cage in hay
1: yeah i mean
2: the treatment you don't even the, give the guy a coat it's just yeah like, man
0: the the way that they, they don't can, have to do that geek so bad <laughs> the, they do that's wrong. the thing the cruelty is is yeah. not the the cruelty is the point right yeah And uh, it's making a person and manipulating a person enough and punishing them enough to get them to do a certain thing. And it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch humans doing that to other humans, man. Well, Defoe in that
2: scene talked about how do you get a guy to geek. He's basically describing what you do to traffic
0: people nowadays. Yes, It's not that dissimilar. It's the the same thing as as human trafficking, man. And when he is going through it and... Yeah, how do you get a guy to geek? That's such a, what a question to ask, right? <laughs> and yeah. as you said, yeah, just as he's peppering his like uh, sunny dinner. side ups. And just talk, like, but Defoe's an Oscar-recognized guy. He's never oh. won, but, you know, Platoon, Shadow of the Vampire, like, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Florida Project. What a role. He's in like five movies a year. For <laughs> this the man last is celebrating This man is in the salad days at this point. <laughs> oh he yeah. has survived into being the coolest, oldest, weirdest sixty five year old dude, so, right? He's just so great. But these two minutes of talking about getting a geek, finding a drunk, you know, luring him into work, goading him into doing something by getting him secretly hooked on opium. Yeah. Messing with this guy, this fragile, broken man's head, right? And getting him to do the most depraved, you know. So people will pay a quarter. Yeah. Right? It's like for what
2: seems like the littlest payoff.
0: Let me tell you, man. I don't know if I would be different living in the 40s. I don't know if there's an era where I would be entertained watching a guy like debase himself. I'd hate hate to think that. I've always, since childhood, watching something, I like have felt the power of like when somebody's being embarrassing. (laughs) <laughs> Yo, you feel oh, that yeah, for yeah, yourself, yeah. right? I don't like that. Feeling. And this is a movie that, actually, while not being fully exploitative, really does take on a sympathetic and uh, empathetic view of man—just a guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, yeah, just it, a human that got exploited by a guy who's willing to do that.
2: You do even get Bradley Cooper, even the guy who's buried a body at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, being just like. <sighs> I like poor soul. I like like that we got at least feels for that.
0: I like we got an hour. Bradley Cooper actually seeming like he was caring about some people. Mm -hmm. He was taken to David Straight Hearn. He this is a guy again, man. Everybody in like the 30s, they all had dad issues. People had bad dads. People lived through some shit, and some people, uh, you know, make their dad freeze to death on purpose and then burn (laughs) him alive. I don't know. Like we're all like we've all have different relationships with our dads. But no, (laughs) some of us, yeah, some of us have to flee to the circus life after we kill him. But uh, (laughs) the way he immediately kind of connects with these, like the lighter side of the carnies, Mm -hmm. aside from Ron Perlman threatening him to pound him with his five pound fist, David Strathairn has this. You've been bumping gums with Molly a little too much. (laughs) Yeah, I love all the.
2: Dialogue and this, the the sayings, and mm-hmm. oh, yeah, everything's Jake over here. That's <laughs> yeah, not baby. a say. That was yeah, never baby. a say. Yeah, we're getting it. But Bumping Gums was so
0: good. You've been bumping Gums. Pearlman has a good look. Pearlman is always well. But yeah, Defoe just being like, these... he'll geek. He'll, he'll geek. God, that's chilling, man. Oh, yeah. The, oh, there's the so stuff.
2: many chilling lines. Yeah. When we meet Ezra, the bad guy, Jenkins, and he's doing the lie detector test, he yeah. goes, we get our fair share of snake charmers. We deal with them.
0: You know, it's really like, interesting. what? <laughs> Real interesting. I love how the you threats. said the bad guy. And yeah. it immediately <laughs> made me think that this movie's got, like, six, seven I mean, bad guys, there's man. There's not too many good guys. No, there's man. Some this good is just, like, a ladies. level of bad guy and how much you're willing to. It's all. It, when, it, when you get to grifting, right, man? Yeah. You're already this level of distrust. And it's just a matter of how much you want to, like rip off your fellow man. It's right just, for it's, your own for your own scraping oh, along. Yeah. And this movie shows how that depravity soaks through to every level, on up to the richest man in Buffalo.
2: It's just people hurting other people. Just yeah, society man. like eating on itself, feeding on itself.
0: And it I think it does a good job of the people like Willem Defoe who are flat out unfucking bothered <laughs> about the people they hurt. They are clear yeah. to show him in I mean this scene where never he's cop a describing court. about in detail about this is not the first time he's broken a geek, man. Oh yeah. This who knows? This this movie doesn't ask, but you know this man's been doing this act since the twenties. Well, and you know in the
2: late thirties he's probably like, Yeah, you can't properly geek a guy anymore, you know. They, yeah, the right? cops will get you
0: for he's such like, a what yeah, did he right? do twenty years ago? Oh man. Yeah, James. that them were the good days of geeking, he's, right? This is a slime man. I was getting such a strong like
2: Moe Sizlak Oh vibe man, off this is Dafoe. a Mo Sizlak. Like they and don't let you
0: use that anymore. Little, if they drew Mo in the '30s, man, he would have that same shitty John Waters That's, mustache. It is so, da- it's so like- the Defoe mustache work has been a the greatest oh. con- contribution to an uh, acting in the. Forty years now, the Bobby Peru was, mustache, dude. I was gonna say, also strong Bobby
2: Peru vibes off of this. A Dafoe career character. of
0: great, awful, mean mustaches, untrustworthy mustaches. Oh my! Defoe is one of the most untrusty mugs. He is the most lack of men. I like to think it like he's just, he's a
2: nice guy at home. He's got a lot I hope wife. he's like
0: a chill dude who's like listens to the dead. But every like two he's years,
2: like, he's like starts growing that thin mustache and his wife's like, oh no. What yeah, are you doing? What now? are you
0: doing? What movie are you in now? He's like, are you going to be you're in another going to ejaculate Antichrist? blood again, are you? <laughs> you aren't doing it are you that does well, at like least you're not doing the full beard lighthouse say, man, <laughs> too maybe it's like oh god man what depraved shit are you doing this year right what's awful what, like what do you grow in your beard villain, for right? now oh man <laughs> the way he uh all right o- official cool guy move though for cooper full frontal just like Defoe, Defoe and guys i think it's undeniable right cooper crossed the line right is that in the bath scene? Yeah, right. Where the, he takes a bath. Also, a dime? 2021, year of the hand job in movies. <laughs>
2: it's making a big comeback.
0: Hand job is an insane 2021 comeback.
2: I, I mean,
0: you. T- <laughs> That's,
2: <laughs> That's great. That's funny.
0: I mean, all the best movies, right? <laughs> it was HJ City in 2021. No, your hand job year, list now. No, Licorice <laughs> Pizza. There's like two different scenes talking about like hand jobs, right? Mm-hmm, Titan. Mm-hmm had awful hand stuff. Like, French Dispatch had weird, like, unspoken hand stuff. Now I gotta watch that. Right? Like, Green Knight had some hand stuff, right? Oh, (laughs) Yeah.
2: We got some red, green sash or yellow sash. It's like half jobs. of my
0: top ten is
1: filled with like
2: handjob scenes. I wonder if like Tony Collette's on the set of Nightmare Alley. Like I, I'm, I hear they're
0: doing a handjob scene. For over the last a green two years, too, I've been know? like, "There's no sex in movies. Like everybody's just jerking off like constantly in these things." This has been insane,
1: but <laughs> I don't know what I era. am talking
0: about anymore. But you think about just all the, the <laughs> actors that we love that are like all the cool guy full frontal man. Forster, Keitel. They gotta do it. Right? Fucking Robin Williams. Why not? Robin Williams. Wait. Robin Williams is doing like multiple full frontal scenes, man. Oh, shit. What a cool dude. What? Fisher King? Fisher King.
1: Yeah. Just I running around naked, I man. I immediately knew dude ever. not Awakenings. Let's see. Running around not naked. Yeah. Happens.
0: And <laughs> Wild Hogs, man. They're all showing it. <laughs> They're all going hog, man. That's, I, what, that's what the movie's about. Didn't Eastwood
2: do Full Fronto and Cry Macho last year? Did he? Yeah, man. Do the full Mr.
0: Burns, like 90-year-old. Do it, man. That's a cool line. Kytel's like the two-timers club. Are you kidding me? That's a cool guy club. You can't deny it, man. Fassbender. I'm not going to... Oh, cool guy. He might be in the three-timer
2: club at yeah. this point.
0: Ewan McGregor's McGregor, They tour- have to talk
2: him out of doing the yeah. full Mag- frontal.
0: McGregor, right? He's in the two or three-timer. Sure. He's always showing Dawn.
2: We're getting an Obi-Wan series later. We might yeah. get some McGregor. Sarsgard?
0: You know Sarsgaard's
2: uh, a cool guy. Northman's going to have some full frontal. Yeah, man. Big time. I Back mean, to Eggers. I mean, Richard
0: Gere. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> the original. Ameri- Undeniable. The original. Richard Gere's cool. Vigo. <laughs> Two-timers club You do have a list There's so many cool <laughs> cool dudes It's not my fault that the coolest actors are all cool Because they're like, oh, yeah, man. I'll show
2: dick, whatever How many movies have we talked about on this podcast?
0: With I would full say front 40% hold. of our <laughs> movies are like probably talking about dudes' dicks Shit Yeah I love it There's a reason why we're talking we about Oliver Reed movies He's like, does women in love have nude wrestling? Exactly. Do it Let's do this. It's a cool thing. Undeniable. And Bradley Cooper knows, like, I need to show Dick. Yeah. And he did. Undeniably cool. <laughs> and it's like, this is the best Bradley Cooper performance. But he didn't right? throw it in your face.
2: It no, was, it, it was, was real cool. subtle. Like, it was subtle bath. Yeah, I'm dude. getting into a bath. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, it makes sense. He's not just walking around the carnival. Swing a dick. No. Yeah. It was yeah. casual. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> casual It makes D, sense of right? the story.
2: Yeah, yeah. he's like, I don't know, Guillermo. Vigo's like It's like what if you took a bath Vigo getting okay.
0: thrown like ass over crown in a in yeah. a sweaty bathhouse.
2: Like right, that's right. cool D now. Pearlman showing right? his five pounds of dick in this movie. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: this is uh, this movie's like I said though, raw. You know, kinda unflinching <laughs> look at this kind of thing. Could have been more exploitative, wasn't in your face about other things. But it had that vibe of I mentioned Vigo. Think of the violence that's in Eastern Promises or a History of Violence. You know, a guy getting a coffee pot smashed in his mm-hmm. face. You know, that happens in action movies all the time. But seeing a guy with like a dozen tiny shards of glass in his eye and nose and lips, you know, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's sick. Yeah That's a thing that would happen. This huh? movie hits you with a few of those This moments. movie has those realistic flashes of violence that are so just Boom, Like shocks, oh, yeah. right? We keep saying a surprise. This movie has when you have the power to shock and offend almost. I,
2: it made me jump the second time I watched it. Like yeah, I man. knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and when you know, spoiler alert: Mary Steenburgen shoots her oh, husband my God. and herself in
0: the eye, so, and you see the yeah. flash of the gun go off as it pops. Holy cow. After we, like, after this movie kind of seems like this is going to be the story of the geek, which, you know, that mm-hmm. is our, I guess, our big lead in wrap around, right? To it. Once they drop the geek off after, like, well, he's no good. We've beat him into a practical non existence. Yeah. His life is over. We're done with him. He is now unrecoverable as a man. We'll dump him. But I like that the movie spent 45 minutes at least showing a little human side to Cooper. Before mm. his power got a little out of control. Before he, it, it's it's about his like
2: ego too. Like uh-huh. he thinks he's better than everything. Yeah. Like he makes it clear. He says it's it flat always out, the guy be- who's setting out to than prove this. themselves. You're better than this.
0: Yeah. Uh, he is. I don't know. It can be it's, dangerous. It's that hubris. When they get the, there's a hubris to it. Hubris. That also feels like a theme of classic film noir. Oh, yeah, big time. The hubris and thinking that they're going to be the guy that gets away with it and mm-hmm. pushing it too far. That feeling of hubris is in like the best of those 40s noirs, right? Big time. And this movie got that. And I think Bradley Cooper's a good guy to capture that kind of feeling of a guy who develops a legitimate skill, you know? Mm-hmm. We see that on TV. I'm, ca- I'm captivated when I watch
2: him in this movie doing Same. his mentalism work. Yeah, he 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 takes uh, Rooney Mara right.
0: Yeah, they run away Molly. from the circus together. They the the electricity start girl. doing their own two man show. see him after he's kind of mentoring with David Strathairn, right, his new father figure, mm-hmm. and we see him use these kind of tells and observations. We see him use them in action when. The cops come down one night to shut down the geek show. Mm -hmm. Also, like the portrayal that the geek show at this point was like, all right, no. Even society is officially like, you have to do that on the edges. It's illegal. It's illegal. They're keeping a guy in a cage. It's viewed by sickos, but it's illegal to view. It'd be the same as if I found out you went to cockfights. Oh, totally. I've known men who have roosters. I don't know the lifestyle, and I'd be shocked to see it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't watch it, but I know it exists in our area. You don't get to be the butter and egg capital of the West Coast <laughs> without there being a lot of chicken fighting rings going along. Oh, my God. This would have been a geek's paradise. So, yeah, the geeks would eat <laughs> for days in, <laughs> out here in the 1930s. I'm so glad I came along a scant food. 50 years later a mere Post-geek. blip in history away so, from geekdom normalization There's, there's still
2: got to be geeks in like Mexico right like I don't know man I don't know
0: I don't even know, I would even doubt, doubt if there's it. real donkey shows in Mexico Oh uh, yeah when I was going to Tijuana with buddies in like the late 90s early 2000s even then it was one of those things where I'm like I'm not going to risk anything like that oh, no, no sir that's the quickest way to end up in an alley, beaten. You can't unsee that. And stuff Nightmare either. Alley Even is a world of people beaten in alleys and left in a puddle. <laughs> so yeah. I don't, I will, I don't know. I maybe I it exists in the deepest alleys, man. But mm-hmm. that's not an alley I'm intentionally going no. out of my way to see. And this movie goes to those alleys as Bradley Cooper flees circus life after he maybe. Probably murders his literal next father figure, David Straighthern. I like how the movie approaches whether this is an intentional murder or an accident. Yeah, you never know. That way it kind of is his crossing over into maybe a habit or a a new lifestyle. Mm. A trend. More than a... The way you can never flee your past. Another definition of his past defining his future you can't take the father murderer out of the you can't man you get a taste (laughs) you get a taste man you kill your dad and then you're like oh my god (laughs) like Uh, but but then these 70 year old dudes are so annoying (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) that you know that new lifestyle that he's fleeing and that two-year jump we get where he's now this you know a vaudeville act but for a new era He's He's, a theater act, an entertainer. He's
2: wearing suits, he's driving cars. Yeah. He's of money now. Those big forties suits. They were like the nineties. Great fashion transition, honestly.
0: When they went from the kind of people that would go out to see like heads in jars on (laughs) a fringe edge of town, driving out and parking your car in the field, to the kind of people that pay to see a mentalist. Mm -hmm.
1: To another scene with a
0: hundred people sitting in this scene watching Bradley Cooper. You know, we got that run of movies about like magicians in the 2000s to yeah. various degrees of success. This felt like that, the transition into that same vibe where it's like, oh God, Del Toro could all that, that's that same world. It's adjacent to his kind of universe. Mm-hmm. So seeing him do a straight non supernatural version, but always until the tipping point, making you think maybe he does have more than a gift. It almost felt like Michael Hannock feels like a guy I bring up enough to just get under your skin. (laughs) We both uh, do. (laughs) That way that it blatantly shows you what the con is and then still tricks you into the con. It's straight up telling you the plot of the movie is going to be like, look, once you read this book, the one rule is to not believe that it's real. Mm -hmm. And then within like 20 minutes of Bradley Cooper, you're just like, he's buying into this shit. Fast. Well, yeah, it's ego,
2: like you said. It made me think a lot of David Mamet, too. Yes, House of Games and things of that nature. Of of con men, just the the whole second act of this movie is just like a con man. I wanted Ricky Jay to show up in this carnival so bad, and you know he's a con man as as you're watching the movie, and you still are impressed when he guesses what's in the handbag, right? Like you're still like, okay, wait a minute, how did he know that? I am such. (laughs) a mark for Con
0: Man movies I love Love the scheming I love the setup of the scheme I love the explaining of the scheme I love the the scheming I love it so much I love when a plan comes together and falls apart I love it when this turned into more of a depraved Con Man story and I couldn't I still couldn't trust anyone it's a movie about grifters and just again it's the level of clientele it's yeah, the level yeah. of the grift. It, the only thing that changes is what peop, is how you class it up differently to charge more for it. It's how you charge how much you think you can charge. And if you set the market, suddenly you're making five grand a night doing two shows, right? Mm-hmm. It's a cool jump forward. So I get why oh, yeah. we didn't see. I like the sharp change into him suddenly working this grift to the elites.
2: Yeah, as much as I like the carnival stuff, I didn't necessarily miss it. Yeah, when he suddenly gets into this, you know, it's it's a totally different world that we jump into. Or is in Buffalo or something? It's upstate New York. Yeah, Yeah. it's up
0: in the Buffalo. Yeah. So,
2: uh, but yeah, it's like suddenly we're dropped into this Art Deco city, and he's in these lounges and hotels. And then even when a few of the carnival characters come back in a mid scene,
0: I'm always. I I almost was like.
2: no get out of here <laughs> we're, we're on to something else
0: now <laughs> you know it it's that one thing where you see uh, all the old friends show up yeah. the guy's old life that he's this guy's been running away from things and he's like kind of got out and got a good thing going and even then he doesn't want to be reminded of that I think that's that an important scene because you know we saw his humanity even with cruelty to the geek the yep. movie lays out the themes of this movie so clearly. He's the only guy who's nice to the geek, mm-hmm. but he's also mean to. Th- he also clubs him initially. He assists in dumping. You know, he's not helping the guy out. He's kind of like he's like slipping him a cigarette before the next beaten. He feels bad for him, but he's there's a coldness. But he's between him and yeah. everyone else in, and in general. When he's having like what turns into you know. That trip from him kind of being like coming home, seeing these old carnies, Ron Perlman, Tony Collette, like, okay, kind of wanted to put my feet up this evening. But then that little cut forward to them, clearly five hours later, enjoying each other's old friend company. Bradley Cooper plays it with this right amount of distance where you can kind of feel him working a con on these people. He's working a character. He's saying words that are more practiced. You get the sense that nothing he's saying is by accident. He's making them feel a certain way about what they say to him. But isn't that
2: like how you are around your work buddies? You know, it's like, True. you know, like, are you, you really
0: your real self around anyone? I mean, I think that's what the, the, is such a great connection to this movie. Yeah. Is nobody's like, if you had a, a flat out shitty night for whatever reason, you are never at Wednesday at work when somebody you show up asking, at five people. Are at yeah, your man, house. and they're just like, "What's up?" And you are just like, "Diarrhea."
1: Like nobody, <laughs> nope.
0: Like there is a certain wall we all just put up for society's well,
1: yeah, sake, yeah. right? How, man? Are,
2: how are you tired? You just tell people you are tired instead of telling them how you really are. Yeah,
0: that kind of thing. and so yeah, but it's showing these layers of walls that humans could put off and that insular layer that you can kind of back yourself away from to allow yourself to treat people a certain way. Hmm. And Bradley Cooper's acting as it evolves through this movie really shows how his how he views other people. Where he seems like someone who can actually like function as a community and then as he more becomes focused and blinders on and about himself. You see what he's willing to do and it's surprising. And well, his the way he yeah. keeps playing that descent you know, it's like a Klaus Kinski kind of But it's almost
2: like he has these certain rules for himself, uh-huh. like to not get too close to anyone, right? Yes. And drinking is one of those rules. Not drinking. He never drinks, never touches the stuff. And then...
0: The, meet- drink- the drinking was one thing that felt a li- like almost too rushed in this. Hmm. The way they treated his well, sudden then he focus starts on drinking. avoiding booze to his first sip of alcohol to suddenly being like, Johnny Cocaine, yeah. for the stuff, right? Just like I gotta get my taste. Well, it really that's where the jump forwards kind of don't benefit. Is there I, are certain things that are more intimate? I think yeah. By the time you by the
2: time you get halfway through this movie, and it's already been an hour and a half. Yeah, and yeah. then you're meeting Kate Blanchett as this psychiatrist is at least an hour deep into this before we even and see he's, her, and he gets into these schemes where he's starting to scheme rich people, and then he meets Ezra, yeah, Richard Jenkins. I was like. This the whole Jenkins thing to me felt too rushed because I just wanted to see more of him. Yeah. But like Jenkins basically hires him to bring back to his life someone he used to his know. His mental
0: powers become such that he is now uh He's now telling people a mentalist for hire. Dead. Is yeah. a is a career opportunity grift that even he didn't see coming. It gets into that kind of psychic medium and stuff you, where you think how that kind of stuff exists today. Yeah. Our biggest oh, venue it, in yeah, town, does. the you <laughs> know, the LBC runs whatever medium is the next John biggest John Edwards guy. Yeah. In. Yeah. He's yeah. played there multiple times. That's a twenty five hundred seat venue. He's still a thing. He's on T V doing that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that kind it of still uh, exists. People with that kind of thing and you think the Church of Scientology, the parallels to something like this where they would, uh, where Kate Blanchett tapes every one of her therapy sessions, mm-hmm. the way Scientology uses it to blackmail some of the biggest oh boy. people, right? We, we are now going to get shut down. <laughs> I mean, that's the, uh, you know, but that's the same kind of thing. Just these kidding, societies and these the yeah, yeah. level of the con and how deep the grift goes and what level of grift to get the bigger fish. This movie is every level of fish. I was you know, I'm still trying to figure out what her motive was though, Kate Blanchett.
2: Like she basically comes into Cooper's life I as mean, he's she... at the top of his mentalist game and then she it seems like she's her whole mission is to just ruin him. Yeah. And I think it's because someone hurt her in her past. <laughs> it's and
0: everybody dealing with their traumas by she, exploiting their just everybody's lashing out ears. at other people. And yeah, it's like I, I wouldn't mean to she hear got a, a bit more lot of, of money. She did. To be deposited into her safe that she replaced with money while painting him with every inch of the crime and her as the victim. That is the one money question. Money that now uh, every person that would know where the money came from ends up erased. Yeah. So everybody has motivations. And the best thing about a con movie is I, don't, I just love finding out. I love the ride. I love yeah. it so much. A movie like The Spanish Prisoner. Talking about a 98 kind of con, you know, movie with Ricky Jay and all these great pieces, Steve Martin. And you keep moving House of Games. Yeah. The way it moves through, you start betraying yourself and what you thought you saw and who you can trust. And I love getting to a movie like, this is that kind of movie. You don't know the level of depravity. You don't know anybody's angle. He kind of humiliates Kate Blanchett in such... There's these great back-to-back Cooper scenes where he talks that one sheriff mm-hmm. out of uh, looking for their geek. If they fee- see the geek, we'll be shut down for good. <laughs> like they're running a like a whiskey still. Yeah. Don't let them find the geek. Oh, no, we're just in our, illegally in our dirty cage. keeping someone
2: captive. Yeah, we've yes. just
0: kidnapped a man <laughs> and have him hooked on opium and we've sharpened his teeth into chicken-biting vessels. Jesus! <laughs> and the way Bradley Cooper kind of pushes all in, and we get that methodical explanation as almost a bar story afterwards about how he's like, he noticed his polio, right. noticed the you know the cross of St. Christopher you know, on his neck, and draws all these conclusions. He cold reads them based off of what he learned from Straight Hair. The way the movie asks those questions about whether He killed him intentionally to get the book, Mm -hmm. to get this knowledge, or if it was just one of these bad coincidences that always follow this guy. Hmm. And (laughs) uh, we see him work this kind of magic, this connection with a man, making him believe in a ghost Yeah, where five minutes earlier he would have never thought possible. To him working these rich crowds and getting him to see the same thing, but just exploiting trauma. And showing them it's no different than, like, Penn and Teller now. They chose to do theirs for comedy. Hmm. <laughs> in a less uh, advantageous role, They would Teller would be mind-manipulating uh, people in subways. You know? Sure. These people understand cons inside and out. You know, it, Penn and Teller and Ricky Jay are not that far apart in spirit. They're the same thing. And this movie got inside that world of the con. You see the stuff, the way he plays to the elites. It's just a dressed-up version of that. There's a line at the end of this movie. You said a lot of lines, a lot of scenes leave you chilling. Mm -hmm. Right. Chilled in this movie. Where Cate Blanchett tells him that Bradley Cooper's just an okie with straight teeth. (laughs) Yeah. You know? It's a great line. So good. And it's that way of like, you're trash. You know that, right? (laughs) You just dressed it up differently, right? You're lucky that you you had one little thing that allowed you to get out and land on your feet one little piece of privilege the that you exploited right yeah and him playing to these elites and the way he has this code down to a scary level that you almost believe it has to be in on a trick are he and Kate Blanchett in on it that theater in the round show he's putting for these people del toro captures it so i good. loved
2: it i loved that scene where he is confronted by kate blanchett and she asks him to find out what's in the handbag. Yeah, I just I bought it, like knowing it's a trick, knowing it's not real. It felt so intense when like, it was the gun that he predicted. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he didn't know. I was like, it was how in her did he purse. do that? Yeah,
0: what is happening? This? yeah, the way you get that kind of sweaty, <laughs> that sweaty He's desperation good. that Anthony Hopkins took to the nth degree in magic. That sad desperation where. Cooper almost feels over his head a couple times. Yeah, you know, like he almost oh. might end up on his ass. Like maybe he's punching above his weight by charging twenty five to five k. Cooper could not
2: land more on his ass at the end of this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. If we only knew, man, what skids this That's guy what, would hit. Baby. I,
2: I love the idea of this movie. where was like you can't. Yeah, like you said earlier, like you can't outrun it. Yeah, it's always going to catch up with you. And if you, tr- if you, it's like. Oh, man, just the I, comeuppance that he gets at the end of this movie. There are when so many. He gets played and he and has knows to. Run he, and for walks it.
0: right into it, knowing the play, uh, right? Finally just stops running. He stops running and accepts like the dirt worse light allotment, right? Just a bad scene. <laughs> just tough, man. Yeah. But all these movies about a con that gets in over his head, I, I fall for him every time. I think I always talk about a face in the crowd. 1950s, you brought that up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy Griffith playing this megalomaniac, charming monster, right? The folksy hero, Lonesome Rhodes, mm-hmm. who ends up just right back on his on his ass by like, biting off too much, dis- having too much disdain for the people that you think you can control. I mean. And once people start dying faster than he can run from them, man. That is some panicky final hour of this film. The, oh, yeah, the journey that we go on is it's a lot to take on. It's uh If it's there's a some lot. tough stuff in the first hour of this movie, the last hour of this movie has some unexpectedly rough visuals. Some shocks. Still some empathy and you... just yeah. some absolute depths, man.
2: Yeah, when you finally get to Ezra, the the
0: well, the, billionaire. The, the local sheriff or the local judge, where Kate Blanchett is what? Scouting mm-hmm. whether Cooper's uh, abilities are real or not. They're testing him. They're trying to trick him up, figure out whether he's using codes and crack his manipulation. She's a therapist. She's a manipulator, too, right? I was just going to say. It's a different say, kind of.
2: It's almost like she hates Cooper because he's doing the old world version of her right. new world. Right, right, right. Like she's pushing him Every out.
0: Every Carney. Hates the carny below him. Yeah, there's the carnival guys that don't have geeks that hate the fucking guys that have geek shows because they all think that they all get that rip now. Yeah, everyone hates the guys that give them the bad rep, right? And this movie shows every layer of the stink that people don't want to be associated with, and they show everybody's kind of underbelly at at the billionaire level. And, yeah, once he's in his Buffalo mentalist life and gets the idea to partner with this super villain therapist, this is Batman Returns shit, man. Oh, my God. I was getting <laughs> such Batman Returns
1: vibes
2: from the scene yeah. where they're in her office at night. Fire roaring. Yeah. White snow in the blackness outside. Yeah. Falling. I was like, this is. Because
0: Batman then it was Returns like- is was the like- fucking noir Batman movie. It was like,
2: wait a minute. Did Guillermo del Toro just like tell Tim Burton to go fuck himself with (laughs) big? Like if this is like the bad big fish? Yeah, man. Right? Like Tim Burton's big fish is all about like, oh, I loved my dad, the carny. He was such a nice guy. Lied like a son of a bitch. Lied
0: like a son of a bitch.
2: And And played basketball like like a maniac. (laughs) This is actually not a great story. Yeah. uh,
0: Bradley Cooper got people to shoot themselves for money. (laughs) Like God god damn yeah but yeah man batman returns vibes vibes. all over that art deco out
2: of your ass in this beautiful
0: it's almost gorgeous movie almost too rich visually like there's not well you know he did like a roadshow thing with a black and white version like it was something you know a sterling hayden kind of movie i've read yeah they show I, I, i didn't see it but I can uh, see how that would really
2: sing in like black and white. But like every scene where there's in the carnival there's always 50 people or yeah. there's like five people eating at a table somewhere in the foreground. Yeah, man. There's a scene where Rooney Mara as Molly right when she's like gonna leave, planning to yeah, leave. She she, is, she eats some chocolate in her little she bungalow.
0: Is getting too deep into there's this. There's a grid.
2: there's a whole tableau of like pictures and notes and things posted on the wall that you'll never be able to see the detail no. of. Because of so, what it is, But yeah, it's, it's there. that
0: it's that Wes Anderson level of like stuff that you know might not even show up on film, but just to add to the Cate Blanchett's the office and the the
2: elevator is just covered in this deco, yeah, styling. They're, every door's got squiggly lines all <laughs> over it.
0: Every wall's got something. There's like it's almost Dude, too much. Let me tell you, I've, so I've thrown it on a couple times now, and the stuff you pick up on seeing this movie more. I was picking up on Rorschach looking designs on like wallpaper in the background. Oh, for sure. you know, like deeper, subliminal stuff throughout this story, right? For a, a story that people keep calling slow, I think it has these cool little <laughs> movies like Inception that are just muddy messes of oh. this movie focuses on the kind of alternate yeah. timelines that can happen in one reality, right? just by levels of of con. And it's uh, it's some scary stuff. This feels like Inception, but like people just kind of tricking people into doing bad stuff mm-hmm. and pushing people to their limits of what they thought they could do badly. <laughs> do harm, <laughs> right? It's no good. How it's low no can good, you go? Right, it's, man? Uh, yeah, when it's he a... starts getting this rich clientele and realizing, oh, I can do private sessions. That's where the real money is, right? Mm-hmm. It's no different than prostitution. You can strip. Or you can put private Craigslist up sure. and make a couple grand in a night. It's right? the original OnlyFans. Right? Yeah, right? And so he's, it's a different way of whoring out your skill, right? And he gets these rich people on the hook, partners with Kate Blanchett, to reveal their secrets. But, oh, man, as much as I love Fallen for the cons in these movies, once Kate Blanchett only wants in return an opportunity to actually grill him mm-hmm. that was like the big it's like how is he not seeing this red flag he's so greedy he's this guy Such been a running dream. through the red flags and this is the worst stop sign like the worst one to run through once he you know how much we love dr sleep Once sure. she's going through his like mind files man Cate Blanchett is so, she's so
1: good.
2: She What's up with her look in this movie? Because she's a beautiful woman, great actress. Yeah. She looks like an alien to me in this movie. I don't like, know. The it's cheekbones that, are so. It's that,
1: well,
0: you know. But, but I mean, she just. it She's was, in her early 50s. You enhance the cheekbones. Just, uh, and, and they're giving her that kind of Jessica Rabbit cra- you know, yeah, vibe yeah. of that almost, you know, it's that cartoon fantasy, but not Hellboy fantasy. These a, people are just characters, Something right? off-putting there. I don't know. I don't know. Everyone in this movie does have just this little bit, like
2: like even Richard Jenkins has got this full beard, gray hair. Richard, you he's never got that see toupee in.
0: that he's never had. Yeah. in Other things, everyone's Rich, got. A, Ron a Perlman's bit of a look. like you know officially he's like a seventy plus year old guy, so he's like an old guy that yeah. isn't as buff as he Give him a, used to be. Bad teeth,
2: yeah, right. Everyone's got like yeah. There's just yeah. Rooney Defoe's Mara mustache. is in more
0: of her like uh, runaway like peasant. Look, then well, she's in room. And look. her hair changes length like every scene. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it doesn't glamorize these people, although William, William Defoe looks great. so good. He pulls off such a great Moses-lack uncle. Oh, man, even uh, Tim Blake Nelson at the end. Uh, oh, God. That a look. Lo- lo- love him, man. Oh, Lord. Like I said, these people knew the world. They knew the faces. They wanted to inhabit it. When he's getting private readings... For thousands of dollars per session. getting These people all lived through tragedy. These rich people all lost sons to the war. Yeah, these people, yeah. This is a movie all about dealing with trauma and how people are willing to exploit the trauma of others. And as bad as I knew it was going, I don't think I knew it was going to a murder suicide. <laughs> you did when not he, see that coming. When Bradley Cooper is so good and so convincing, at so evil about telling people the thing they want to hear Mm -hmm. with no idea of what the consequences of that might be not even considering what his powers might what decisions his powers might lead to Mm -hmm.
2: but also convincing (sighs) himself that he's giving them respite yeah he's doing the
0: right thing
2: right yeah it's it's very like evangelical kind of like no I'm I'm he's giving uh,
0: the people what they want it's the guy say anything is like
2: I made their lives better
0: Exactly. Yeah. He's justifying his actions in yeah. any way. He's conning himself into believing he's conning them for good. For good, right. And, and for money. yeah. I mean, Mary Steenburgen, Oscar-winning actress. Amazing talent. The cutest, right? She's yeah, so yeah. great. When she is so in love with the idea that her son, who died tragically in the war... That was her life, war, right? World War One. World War One. Yeah. The no saddest, Land. even. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. World War Bleak. And uh, we've been getting a lot of World War One drama. <laughs> World War ii has been mined. We've been hitting. Uh, oh, yeah. World War we One. We got to bring it back. Lately. Oh yeah. We're gonna and have this a nice Civil War. More uh, trauma of that period later. And when she she takes the news, not just that to be put at peace to finally get closure, she wants the end. She can't wait to see her son in heaven. When she blows her husband's face away and she puts the gun to her eye, man, Mary Steenburgen, that's acting. That hurt. These roles are, what, was she in the movie for five minutes? If that. Maybe two scenes? Yeah, yeah. She does one reading and then appears to, you know, immediately gets convinced like, well, great, I want to die. He's that convincing.
2: Yeah, he tells her they'll be reunited. And she's like, well, why wait?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's get the show on the road here the modern day carnies it's all about convincing yourself that you aren't guilty of convincing something to do something bad the people who cite somebody like alex jones mm. for like you know a mosque shooting you know alex jones is going to be like cool with this they're going to distance themselves but still encourage but, and this is the same yeah. kind of thing. God, you say that name it's like,
2: yeah. It's, that's what people now are just like, yeah, I'll deny a school shooting.
0: Yes. To gain to popularity. gain a certain level of popularity and power cuz you know you can get money. Yeah. You know it's how low are you willing to go to exploit someone else's pain? Totally. And Cooper Nancy is Gray's that guy. kind of shit. Exactly. Yeah. He's exploiting pain and tragedy. In ways that he's not thinking far enough ahead about. And I kept being surprised by how badly things get mucked up. hmm What a whoopsie. <laughs> he keeps slipping into.
2: I think, yeah, I think when you meet Richard Jenkins and uh like Richard said, the Jenkins red flags, is like scary in this. The red man. flags that he's running through, it's like, No, you you need to get out of there, sir. Man. Like this, this is a guy who a wants to hire a mentalist to bring back his dead lover B also threatens the mentalist with badness
0: yeah if he doesn't I don't know resurrect a dead person yeah man this guy buys into his act so hard that he is paying him 10 grand a day to show him a ghost but not just any but ghost also gets pissed when it does ghost. It. ghost Of a girl that he like made get an abortion like 50 years ago. This guy has been dealing with this, uh, his many abuses to young girls. Oh, I know. As we find out, Richard Jenkins. When you get that reveal where he
2: says he's hurt people and he just looks at Cooper and is like, I hurt them. Yeah. I mean, it's that moment where. The blood just drains (sighs) out of your face in that moment.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jenkins
2: is. This that's, guy's an actor. Oh. This
0: guy's this guy's one of our treasures. Insane! Right?
2: I couldn't believe how scared of him I was in this movie. Yeah, because I'm not usually scared of Richard Jenkins in a movie. I don't think that's his mo. No. I'm usually scared you's a, you's, of
1: Holt as his, <laughs>
0: his, his goon. <laughs> yeah, Holt McCauley. When I saw Holt, scary there, dead-eyed shark, I man.
2: was like, Holt is guy. This guy's playing exactly who he plays in every. Movie. Willem Dafoe
0: <laughs> constantly has me on edge. Yeah, I know I'm supposed you know, to be Ron on edge. You know, Ron Perlman. Nope. <laughs> not going to constantly be at ease around this guy. Any guy that convincingly can be like a boxcar in front of his name, dude. And there's like four of them in this movie. Yeah. I don't trust any of them. I'm not easy around. Richard Jenkins, the shape of water. He was the nicest stuttering, like... He's uh, always the nice soft guy, Soft right? old man. He's always the kind of... Not here. Not here. No. He, even when you don't know he's evil, you... You you, you know. You, oo- you know. He oozes something. Yeah. Even when you can see his wounds, and you might think they're kind of innocent wounds and just guilt, no, man, he keeps showing new levels of why he's guilty and why he doesn't want to necessarily. Con- it's all about confronting guilt. He don't want to confront his guilt to this degree. Mm-hmm. Situation: This con goes bad quick. Yeah, Blanchette knows that. You know, this dude's You dangerous. can only get the information from me. This guy's dangerous. You know, once you know inside a man's thoughts and can get them thinking that they don't know or don't remember what they thought they knew, hmm. Those are the kind of mind fucks you can go down. It's like matrix kind of shit. And Jenkins kept getting scarier the more like scared he got. The yeah. more desperate he got to get contact with this girl. The thing he feels the most guilt for. At least the one thing he's willing to mention. Mm-hmm. One guilt that he thinks might make him slightly happier to to re- close out to resolve, right? To resolve. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, so it's- he presents this pain, but you also just sense this like evil, right? By the way, ten thousand dollars in today money is almost like two hundred grand. It's insane. It's almost like getting paid two hundred grand a couple times a week to do uh, like seances. It's uh, yeah,
2: the, the like you said, the rise of Bradley Cooper is almost as impressive as the fall because yeah, he's making a dollar for a day's work at the beginning of this movie and then making ten thousand two couple years two in, years yeah, later. ten grand in, That's, hell of a jump. I but it's almost one of those like man, you kind of for that kind of money, you would kind of maybe not understand, but you could see how someone would be tempted to...
0: I mean, that's stuff it can happen quick. Take it's, it further. It's crazy to think, you know, how that could happen from 31 to 41. I I'd mentioned Alex Jones. Look at the people that we didn't know about as online reactionary personalities in 2015 mm-hmm. that are now like an actual part of the news cycle just seven years later, constantly. I didn't know who Alex Jones was seven years ago. He was in like a couple of Linklater movies because he lives in Texas. Hmm. And every man in Texas is I did somehow, not know that Yeah, he showed. yeah. Well that's when he was just local weirdo dude instead right. of guy who causes potential like anti Semitism bombings. Like he could have you gone know, like, the Larry the Cable Guy route and come <laughs> yeah, up with he a was right there. character. Right? Yes. And then instead he came up with hate man. Larry Cable Guy is a dude from Nebraska who his simple con is pretending he's a southern guy. <laughs> yeah. It's harmless. He didn't use it to, like, commit murder, you know? Larry the Cable guy is just like a guy who's like, well, this Nebraska comedian thing isn't working for me. Right? Time to adapt a gimmick. His name was, like, Dan. Yeah. He's just, like, a normal comedian. Doing normal comedian. comedy doesn't and then work. And he's like,
2: wait a minute. If I say things in a...
0: You know, there's a reason Gallagher smashed fucking melons, you know? <laughs> If, if I was just going doing Gallagher jokes, you know, no, Gallagher and Gallagher 2, they smashed the melons. Yeah. So, yeah. Give the people with they In want. the 90s, Alex Jones will be appearing in, I don't know, Slacker or whatever, oh, Later yeah. stuff, as a local wacky Austin guy Ugh. who knew 10 years later he'd be, you know, taken seriously. That's crazy. And that's the same thing as Bradley Cooper, you know, being commissioned by billionaires. It's no different than tech companies hiring gurus. To guide their, you know. Well, and how many accents does Cooper put on in
2: this movie to yeah. reach different audiences? He,
0: it's all about knowing your crowd, reading, yeah. telling them, giving them what they want to he hear. He kind of does right?
2: that great, like Cary Grant, uh, like mid Atlantic accent that you see in those old movies, too, when he's doing the mentalist stuff. Yeah. It was, it's, he
0: knows the crowds he's playing to. It's really good in this he movie. He knows what people want to yeah. see. And it's an impressive role to take on. Richard Jenkins, though, hooking him to that lie detector. In that oh, yeah. way that he has that cockiness of a man that he doesn't just think he can beat the lie detector. He doesn't even have any... He doesn't have any doubts he can beat the lie detector, right? That's a cocky motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You either have to be George Costanza stupid or you have to be like a smart... Well, it's, he doesn't you know, even pass the lie detector. He, he
2: distracts just, them. Exactly. He, he takes. He, he goes in a different direction... And he makes pulls, them forget all about the lie detector machine. It's, that's it's the that's the watch
0: what this movie back,
2: this you movie. see the
0: way Cooper and the character is so quick to deal out his biggest ace. Mm. He took the piece of information that he learned from Cape Blanchett and tossed it out, boom. He didn't build to that. He's like, shit, I'm drowning, I'm using <laughs> I'm using my last life. Like he went for it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's smart, you know. You put your closer into the best situation. You don't plan for the situation that might never come if you fuck up (laughs) the first, you know. Exactly. The way he uh, just throws that, convinces this man within two minutes, beyond all doubt, that he knows something that nobody else could have known. That's It's just tricking a man into going against his own instincts, right? But even he could not have predicted that
2: Jenkins wants him to manifest a ghost. I think we. Like, that's a tall order, man. We
0: all underestimate everyone else's trauma because not everybody is 100% open wound all the time, right? We can't do it. None of us have the mental capacity to do it. And Richard Jenkins has somehow shown that money can't buy total peace. He's desperate to spend, you know, 200 grand to. Make a ghost appear. That's how worked this guy gets. Mm-hmm. And it ends with him just getting his face literally literally pummeled off. Yeah. I mean, the violence this Man. movie inflicts when Bradley Cooper just keeps dragging out the con until getting warned away of doing the spook show. You right. know, don't do the spook show. It's can't, You can't predict the results. You can't people... You can't predict how people are going to react to thinking ghosts are real for the first time. If you told me and convinced me within five minutes, I don't believe in ghosts right now. Okay. You know, I could be skeptical. I'm still a fraidy cat. He's right behind you. Doesn't mean I need to believe in them. But somebody convinced me and thought that, you know, found out something that I've never told anyone. I mean, how Mm. quickly would you become a believer? And then how would you react to knowing a thing that you didn't know was possible? You, don't, you can't predict that. So don't do the spook show. He gets too deep into the work. He believes he can control it what, yeah. when it gets into uncontrollable waters. And the movie plays that out. So you can see it coming, yet you can't see <laughs> what level of violence and what level of cliff is right. going to come. Well, you get that reveal of
2: Jenkins saying it how he's hurt people. Before, Right before the spook show happens when Rooney Mara shows up dressed as the ghost. As the
0: dead ghost of like, the woman who died
2: of a miscarriage. That was the best idea we came up with. Okay, that, that's, when that's your Before, he's like, great. He's like, yeah, we'll, I, I can make it happen. Uh, I'm going to dress my girlfriend up in this dress. Yeah,
0: literally before, it was like, oh, we got the answer key? Easy. Within two days, it's like, look, you got to smear blood on this wedding dress. Hear me out. Yeah, this you goes show off up, the rails. I'll get him to close his eyes, and then you run. <laughs> yeah, this goes off the rails quick, especially when oh, he develops yeah. alcoholism within a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is like the Ned Flanders of having a oh, white yeah. wine spritzer and just forgetting the next month. <laughs> Insane level. Yeah. Is that what happens when you don't have alcohol till you're like thirty-seven? <laughs> Probably. Is he? Is he like?
2: A, but he went hard off the wagon, big but, time. Jenkins though finding out that Rooney Mara is but in fact is, not his dude, dead this plan, ghost imagine
1: wife.
0: Imagine this con. Imagine thinking you're such a dummy. This this is like levels of like the hillbillies stealing Nicolas Cage's pig. You know this guy when he's like, all right, you appear as a ghost. He'll be like frozen to to do anything. He won't do anything. Like he won't immediately just. What is
1: he?
2: If I know anything about this character after meeting him in this movie, it's that he's going to do something yeah. bad. This guy's when he done sees nothing the but ghost sh- of the woman he killed <laughs> through abortion. You
0: know the thing that he's obsessed over for his life?
2: Yeah. His rosebud. He's not just going to go down on his knees and Susan pray. Susan
0: Kane sees rosebud down the path away. He's not going to just smile at like like it's Yoda <laughs> looking down upon him yeah, just right. like thumbs-upping him. Just like, "Well, there's my sled." You did it. I saw it. I Good saw enough. It. Good enough
2: for me. You know, Citizen Kane didn't want to ride
0: the sled again. He just wanted <laughs> yeah, to man. see it one more time. You know, he wanted that memory. <laughs> Whatever reason, this guy wanted to relive the memory of the girl he forced to miscarriage. And Jenkins shoves Cooper out. The way Cooper still kind of tried to do a, like, huh, nothing to see here, <laughs> like, off the rails. Yeah, he's like, all right. Off the rails. Oh, yeah, once the gig is
2: up, mm-hmm. the jig is up, and Jenkins calls him a motherfucker while he's crying. <laughs> yeah, dude. That, I was like, how does Richard Jenkins call a guy a motherfucker, and he's
0: crying, and it's scary. Yeah, at man. At the same time. Jenkins was a powerhouse. So good. When he... Imagine how angry you would be oh. if you got tricked in that way, I mean, he right? Was, he was not happy. Imagine the... the shame and the foolishness you feel about yourself the self the instant self-loathing of being so stupid yeah right when you you were up on such a a high horse society you know Mm -hmm. in society you have not dealt with that kind of a low blow (laughs) the ultimate low blow right you got hoodwinked man When Bradley Cooper has to be like, look, man, hey, how about (laughs) (laughs) we?" When he's finally like, all right, hear me out. All right, let go over. (laughs) Yeah, let go over, wrist pal. Show's (laughs) over. Show's over, folks. You have so many moments in this movie of somebody dropping the voice. Yeah. Like, all right, look, here's the shit. Like, cutting through it, right? And like you said, Jenkins is angry. He is like shakingly like he is going to inflict vengeance. Upon this man's... He, he even says... He's he's gonna, he's, gonna, I'm going to destroy you I or something. I'm going right? to destroy... To say that to a man online is one thing. <laughs> to say that to a man looking him dead in the eyes. Do you see how the camera worked in a lot of these ways? In Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, remember how we talked about those over-shoulder shots down from Bubba mm. to make his mother look so small? And all of those shots of look her looking up at him... All these power elements, the way Tail Toro shot, how, who would be framed above Bradley Cooper in a certain scene, which scenes he would be towering over. Cooper's like a tall guy, mm. right? 6'3", he's a big guy. But the way they would make different guys look bigger and smaller than him, really, really centered on the power struggle and how you could feel how much control or lack of control he had over the con. And he just keeps looking smaller and yeah. smaller down the last half hour of this movie as he is getting desperate and, you know, beating a man's face to a pole. <laughs> That's gross, Kill- He kills him, He right? kills Richard Jenkins with punches to the nose. Just destroys a man. Yeah. Runs over uh, his bodyguard. Holt, yeah. Runs over Holt. Oh, man. Oh, that God. scene
2: where he backs over him and then, yeah. Goes over him again, and the, the violence. You get that. You get the arm break, which we haven't seen in a couple oh, movies now. We needed some breaking. The, yeah, man. Back to the now we got a fracture. finger bone.
0: We got a bone break in X. We did get that. We get some bones, but but the violence. This movie is like that real scary violence of a history of violence. Like these people are getting their nose bones broken and shoved yeah. into their eye, and <laughs> grizzly. Horror movie. And then
2: he, yeah, he goes to Cape Blanchett to get the money and to get out of there, and she double crosses him essentially, yeah, and man. then Every,
0: shoots him in the ear. God makes him makes him into a freak, right? You shot me all right the layers. In the yeah,
1: yeah he shot me my thumb. They broke my thumbs.
0: <laughs> they, um, the it's all about like the rug getting pulled out, and who can get out and pull the rug out over. Whenever a mm. Ponzi scheme goes under, it's all a race to see who can cash out quickest, right? Right. And Kate Blanchett is cashing out. She fully and cashes Bradley out. Cooper somehow does not see it coming. He was so worked. He does not see it coming. He is so surprised. This guy, I thought he was working her the whole time. Yeah, he bought into it that she was a partner. Ridiculous. Th- he left
2: his money in her office. Yeah. I mean, sure, he made a copy of the key, but... Rent a but safe
0: at a bus depot, my man. I was just going to say, get a safety there deposit box. There are safety box. deposit boxes everywhere in this era. Come on. Ridiculous. Rent a locker at a bathhouse. Put the money literally anywhere. (laughs) Put it under your mattress. Yeah, man. Stash the money Like they did in the 30s and 40s. Well, I don't want uh, Molly to find out
2: about it. Good. Put it fucking anywhere. Better keep it with my co-conspirator alien looking lady. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Put it to the one woman who I let into my soul. (laughs) What are you doing, you rube? (laughs) You know? We all have something that we're marks for, right? Yeah. Some people get tricked by Nigerian emails. I'm sure I got like, what's that? my <laughs> blinker fluid changed at the Meineke once. I don't know. I probably fell for something. If somebody says my carburetor, I'm just like, well, I guess I need a new right, carburetor. You're like, I guess I should get Apple Care for my computer. Yeah, right. <laughs> we all get conned in various ways, right? It's all, <laughs> and uh, once it goes into that level of breaking people's faces and driving over them with your Studebaker, man, that scene. Rooney Mara gets not a lot to do in this. Mm. And even she finally gets her scene before she goes through with like, okay, so I got this blood that I'm going to put on my hands and smear on my my belly and vagina, (laughs) I guess. The vagina part of the wedding dress. The baby making stuff. Yeah, is that how she looked like in these rudimentary drawings? God. But she finally gets that scene of like, agreeing to do this just to get out. Yeah. You talked about human trafficking. How many times did they say, okay, I will do this one thing. mm -hmm. It's all about the 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 same thing
2: to making a geek. You always tell the guy it's only going to be temporary
0: with the geek. Yeah, this one thing until I find a new one, right? Sure, just do this one more con with me, dress up like this dead abortion victim, and then... You can go back. You can go back to the cert. It's always that just getting them to do that next. I'm thing. glad she did get out, though. She finally does walk By away the from skin that. of her teeth, Yeesh. man. She, whew, yeah. but she gets that scene. She gets to get out. Yeah. yeah. Thank God she didn't. Uh, she had to be witness to some terrible things. You think this world of being in the carnival, the stuff that you think she must have witnessed, but then out in the high society outer reaches of billionaire Buffalo. Saw the worst horrors. It's it's that level of depravity that this movie makes so vivid and mm-hmm. so scary. And yeah, his downfall is fast. The the last twenty minutes of this movie,
2: or it's, so, are just it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's dark. It's scary. It scares me. Like huh. basically, what happens is Cooper goes full
0: hobo drunk. He's hooked on the stuff. He, quick, man. Yeah, the yeah. exact same way Willem Dafoe describes getting a drunk hooked on opium laced booze. Yeah, Cooper responds to booze immediately.
2: But that's the that's the kind of stuff that scares me as a guy who's like putting a family together. And yeah, get I just have this new job that's hard as hell, but it's paying <laughs> yeah. money, and it's like I don't want to fall. Dude, I don't want to get sucked into that. The the kind living of- in an
0: RV. Getting chased around by cops. Constantly being hassled, right? Yeah. Constantly getting kicked down the road. Just This kind of thing hits me because, man, we're all way close closer to winding up like Bradley Cooper oh. than we are winding up as billionaires. 100%. We're way closer to being destitute on the run for something. It sounds awful. <laughs> I'm not saying I got anything planned, but I'm no. way closer to that happening to me than I am living Richard Jenkins. A lot of us are...
2: You know, one bad day, one bad month away from yeah. squalor,
0: essentially. Yeah. It's way more people are closer to Bradley Cooper in this movie. Yeah. And a lot of us, thank God, aren't going to see this level of fall. Uh, some of its choices, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, yeah, he
2: fucked up a lot. He, he made some maybe that's fucking what I mean. bad calls. My fear is that I'll fuck up a yeah. bunch, you know, and just throw things away that I don't... <laughs> Yeah. Want to throw away.
0: Yeah, man. This you movie know. can pray all on have that kind that, of
2: fear. I think we all have that potential yeah. to to fuck things up into and and any. Any one of us are one day away from from
0: a from a life altering occurrence. Yeah. One one person you didn't shit. see at the stop sign, boom. Your life is completely different. Mm. Bradley Cooper made bad choices. He went too far and thought he could manipulate his way into riches and Kinda almost did. Kinda got away with some shit. Yeah. Kinda did some did some crazy things.
2: Could've had a nice little life scheming people in Buffalo.
0: Uh-huh. But I he, love
2: but he just he couldn't help keeping his hand out of that honeypot, you know? My
0: favorite con men in movies are the ones that keep it keep it at a level. In thief. Mm. When our that you talk about evil old guys, he's got like this suburban nice ranch house. Wearing his jogging suit, the most evil dude in town just lives <laughs> in a cul-de-sac, you know. Yeah, um, it, that's the evil that scares me. You know, the normal, how, like Albert Brooks in Drive, William Hurt in History of Violence. These are normal guys, right? <laughs> They're nice. Tony guys. Soprano, like mid-level. <laughs> yeah, the guys that keep it at a keep Suburban, it at a like reasonable level. Yeah, you know, we aren't. We're keeping it honest here. That's scary. That that's, that's all around us. We don't know who that is. We know somebody though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just don't know it. And uh, but it could become us. That's like the, yeah. the very end of this movie. I've had where... friends that rode rails. Sure. You know, okay. Buddy yeah. Dan, in Portland. He rode rails for a couple of years. Man, we're not that far from the punk scene. We used to be somewhat punk rock. We went to house shows. You've lived <laughs> in places lived with in fucking seven, places. eight people, sure. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. That's not that I far it. off from Carney <laughs> lifestyle, right? Is that that far from being a Carney? You're like, yeah. if you were in a band, well, you're fucking, ba- you're basically a carny. That you know, we're all there. We're
2: all right next to that life. I was like the cafe Carney, like working at a cafe, yeah.
0: living in squalor, yeah, man, yeah, that kind of thing. And uh, so when Cooper <laughs> accepts his role as the lowest rung. Person, you know the human treated like an absolute animal. Yeah, and it says he was born for it. Oh yeah, that's the line. That that whole scene of Bradley Cooper is gonna haunt me for. That movie could this movie could have been an absolute mess. Cooper's scene that the whatever. scene
2: at the end, yeah, where he finds another carnival after being on the hobo trail, talks to Tim Blake Nelson about. Being a mentalist, he says, not for us. Yeah, not for us. But I do have a job for you. And when there's that moment of realization that he's about to proposition him to become the new geek. Yeah. And Cooper, just in his full hobo beard, eyes just going crazy, and he (laughs) is crying and laughing and just taking in this, like... It's almost like the end of... uh, from beyond, or, or those Lovecraft movies, where oh yeah, you just kind of are you accept that you've gone insane from what you've been through. You're getting a guy through going
0: through this real time transformation, this acceptance. Yeah, it's that next stage of acceptance. And just saying the, into your, I was born for this. Yeah, that's empty, fuck, man. Man, fuck. But it's that same, and then it's just like it's, it's that same it kind it of it empty it that ends like yeah. Cassavetti's movies, though. Cassavetti's is more due to, like, uh, you know, rich guy loners that drink too much. Yeah. And and are assholes to women. <laughs> you know, Bradley uh, Cooper's a different kind of uh, guy accepting. It reminded me of the ending of Seven, where B- oh. Brad Pitt has just
2: ruined his own life because his life has been ruined and he just fully ruins it. <laughs> yes. As fully as possible. Fully. And Morgan Freeman just has that voiceover line about. The world is a good place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part.
0: Yeah. Credits Credits, man. Bradley Cooper has such a I mean it's like you said, haunting. Chilling. Yeah. yeah. His laughing while he's laughing, Wally's crying. He is psychotic. Yeah. And the scene is also played openly enough where it's it's not BSing you. You know right where it's coming. So every seventy year old dad at home who doesn't follow movies very well can still Remember the cues enough. To think like once he says it's a temporary job, I know what this oh, is. Except, but it's, it's, it's perfect, so it's done so it's done. obviously because it's the right haunting way to do it. Because you do know where it's going. The movie's finally not conning you. Mm. There's no twist. It's the end of the line. There's no con here. You know exactly what role he's getting. Yeah.
2: As soon as Tim Blake Nelson pours that drink and says. It's only temporary. Yeah. You're immediately transported back to Defoe's speech earlier. Yeah, you knew it. You and, knew it was going there. Man, there's nothing better in a movie than when something gets called back right at the end. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's
1: from earlier.
2: I love that. But yeah, it's so sad and it's so depressing. And I loved it. I watched it so smiling, much. but it was horrifying.
0: Yeah. It's like I'm. It's one of these, like, man, Bradley Cooper. But
2: then you are the guy who's looking down on Bradley Cooper the way that people are when they watch The Geek, right? That's that Michael
0: Hannock thing where you get put through this torture of funny games, right? This assault on what you think is right and wrong and this scary idea that somebody who's a soulless sociopath could just choose you, right? And get away with it. And get away with it. Yeah, yeah. And... Within 90 minutes, it very quickly solidifies your beliefs and whether you agree with violence as, you know, you are rooting for this family. And then the movie has a way of going like, "Ah, eh, told you. Yeah, We're all, vi- you know, it's, it's that like, okay, fuck you. Like, good way to go. You got me. And this movie doesn't have that kind of rubbing it in, but you have that sense of, you're the guy paying 50 cents to look at Bradley Cooper. Mm. You've just watched Bradley Cooper slide. Whether you enjoyed it or not, I did sit there smiling at his performance. Yeah.
2: I don't know how mm. you do that. Like, yeah. how does Bradley Cooper get put into that makeup and hair and costume on set, sit in a trailer, wait for them to light that trailer scene? Yeah. Do all these have, you know, know people that half- on set watching him do this and he can just give you this Completely, like, on- just beyond mm-hmm. honest. Like the the way that he is at the end of this movie was like,
0: that's why I blew felt blew like I mind. connected with it so much because it felt like the closest to a person, mm. like the like not a character, American Sniper, but like Come a guy on. you see on the street. This guy, though, yeah, he was he inhabited this character, right? This man who was running away from a violent past that was only piling more bodies. Cooper impressed me in this movie. I don't know how many times I'm going to watch Silver Linings Playbook. Exactly. But Nightmare Alley was, this was acting. I had no idea he had nine Oscar. (laughs) I had no idea he was, you know, Olivier of uh, the last decade. But, man, this was a performance. This was a fall from grace. This was, uh, we've hit a lot of episodes. We've done Bad Lieutenant. We've done Falling (laughs) Down. I It's a theme that we hit. We hit guys skidding the bottom. That's why Empire Strikes Back is
2: the best Star Wars movie. Yeah. Because it's a fucking downer. And there's something about that that does appeal to me watching it. I don't know. I think
0: it's... (laughs) I don't get scared by monsters in movies. So for a horror movie, a human horror like this scares me more. Yeah. That reminder that I'm not... I mean, I don't think I'll ever geek, personally. But that reminder that I'm closer to geeking than closer well, to being a billionaire. You're
2: closer to that low rung on the ladder.
0: Uh-huh. I'm way think. closer to selling feet on OnlyFans than I than I am to having like a lake house. Brother, you know? if I
2: haven't had that thought late at night. Where <laughs> like, it's how like, hard is it, really? Wait a minute. How much money are we really talking about I know about this here?
0: podcast ain't ever going to make money, but I got nice feet. What are we talking, man?
2: I got freak feet. anybody (laughs) tells me, yeah,
0: we can team up. (laughs) That's right. Bradley Cooper just found the right level of freak that could appeal to people. It's all looking at geeks, man. Seeing your dead miscarriage lover, it's all just looking at a geek, right? The movie just shows what each person's willing to accept. This is a great movie. Mm -hmm. 2021 was a movie's year. This movie accomplished this kind of connection. It was split up between by COVID. Yeah, it oh, was shot entirely in two parts. Oh wow! They broke on this movie for months, right? This movie has such a vibe and such momentum. To know that that was filmed with that big a break, like this was an that editing even more production impressive. acting achievement. Because this, to me, yeah, for Guillermo
2: del Toro movies, like this is the most cohesive. Just well, it doesn't
0: have that supernatural back door. Movie. There's no, yeah. there's no escape. There's no. There's no trap door. Well, it was a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like people have consequences. They face down their past. It happens. You can't outrun it forever. They, I thought it's, uh, they knocked it out. This is a movie that I had problems with when I saw it, and then I saw this movie in the theaters at Christmas. I've been thinking about this for four months. Mm-hmm. This movie keeps coming up, and those are the ones that are sticking with me these days. We watch a lot of movies. When you're still thinking about a movie four months later, things that it showed you, things that made you think about, that's a top. Well, that's top notch. When
2: I watched this movie originally, like like I said a week ago, yeah, as as dark and depressing and bleak as it was, as soon as it ended, it was like I gotta watch this movie. Again. Yeah, this I gotta watch this again. And uh, yeah, watching it a second time, it was like, yeah, I'm probably gonna watch this movie
0: again. I mean, this is. Is it controversial to say it's Del Toro's best? I think it's his best. I've I, gotten more out of this one than any of his other movies, and I love plenty I think, of his movies. I, I Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's got to be my favorite. Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth tapped into that similar nostalgic connection while showing that, no, not, <laughs> that nostalgia isn't necessarily good. Mm-hmm. People are escaping shit. It hit a certain thing. I'm sure if I watched that one now, I'd connect to it differently than I did in 2006, right? Right. But this is an emotional connection. This felt real. He's spent so long in monsters and fantasy and supernatural that this felt like no tricks. It felt like he's been making fables and, like, not kids' movies,
2: but, like, it felt like this was much more the. Yeah,
0: the. This is like an American history piece in a yeah. not too distant past. People that are still alive from that era. That's crazy. So this is more a document and it felt like it took like an honest look at it. Mm-hmm. In a way that I don't think we've gotten from a carny movie <laughs> or a geek movie <laughs> or any of it. It was great. Yeah, man. Not what I expected. See this movie. It's on every streaming service. I enjoyed it so much. This movie flopped at the theaters. They're selling it. They're putting it everywhere. Yeah, And it deserves to be seen. Scorsese was right. See this movie. This this one it got Oscar notice but Nothing for acting. This is the kind of... There needs to be an ensemble Oscar. Mm. This movie was carried by everyone for a brisk two and a half hours. I could have watched two more. So yeah, I I, I, I'll, I'll,
2: I want more. I want a, a three-hour cut. A I journey. want whatever else there is on the floor. I
0: put it on the screen. Not, the editing was incredible, but man, I just... I want to spend more time in the worst world possible. I know. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. Doesn't seem man. like I would, yeah, but what the I do. How am I doing? Came to this, though. It did. Find this movie. Uh, <laughs> it's a ride, it's tough, but it's honest and like nothing else that I saw last year in a year where I saw some cool movies. I know. We're in it. We're finding great stuff. Movies are back. I'm still... Yeah, <laughs> movies are so back, right? Man, I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. It's going to keep coming
2: to this. I'm locked in I a know. 2021 groove. Thanks for listening, guys, and <laughs> thanks. good night.